Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. This is Chris with Marco and Tad, ready to discuss Week 17 in the Serie A. How are you guys doing this week? Pretty good, man. Had a busy weekend. Uh, this is Marco, by the way. How are you guys doing? <laughs> hey, Marco. Hi, Marco. <laughs> Hi, Curve Americans. I was just so excited to talk about my super fantastic weekend with my girlfriend's parents. Uh, they came in from California. I got to show them around town. And, uh, you know, you just realize how beautiful D.C. is. Uh, didn't take them to the Roma game. They're not really big soccer fans, so mm. I didn't want to. That's poor form. Yeah, I didn't first, put form. Them first, that. first chink in the armor. Yeah, man. They got to get on board with Roma. They should also be avid Crew America listeners. They're mm. like, yeah, like they wanted to fly in and see things in D.C., like museums and stuff. I'm like, you guys don't want to come to Arlington to watch uh, Roma? <laughs> like who? Oh, I don't say that. It's Roma Juve as well. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, they're in town. Uh, was this a big Italian feast uh, for for when they came over to the Marco household? Oh, I don't think they were ready. I <laughs> I warned them. I warned them, but they came over on Sunday, and you know they're thinking, okay, you know they're gonna cook some stuff for us, and it's gonna be you know a nice meal, maybe some wine. Uh, my mom hit them with the say noki say she noki hit them with the four course meal <laughs> we did the antipasti you know she made some baked brie then we got some fettuccine then we got some um uh ariste arrosto basically just pork and potatoes and then my mom hit them with the tiramisu with the, ah well done it's just and they like they how, were just done how many how many leanne family members are we talking about here two just the parents just the parents oh came. man so There's, does does leanne's dad like you I mean, now he does. Now that he's, <laughs> he's, Is he always looking at you with one eyebrow raised, being like, "What? what's going on here? It's too much olive oil in his hair. <laughs> sure, he's a podcast paisano. Uh, well, that's good, man. You kind of described my Christmas dinner here for this weekend. Uh, there's going to be a lot of Italian food consumed for Christmas. I would let Chris Ross date my daughter. I don't know about you, Marco. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. That's a little weird, but uh, I'll take it. Hey. Right. It's like when Because Tavis- I, I, I feel like... You would bring your parents to the Roma game. You'd convince yes, people to come to the Roma games. While the fact that Marco struck out, like who who wants to? See, you can see, you can see all those monuments on TV. It's true. It's true. <laughs> That's right. It's like uh, it's like July Fourth when they record the uh, fireworks. You know, if it's yeah. too if it's too foggy or rainy. Yeah, it's the White House. It's there year round. Don't worry about it. It's guys. not like my family when they come in from Iowa barefoot, holding a pitchfork. <laughs> you know, asking where Obama is. Straight out of a Norman if Rockwell. I, if, I, if I know him. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, it was good. Uh, nice Italian feast. Uh, looking forward to that myself for Christmas. But soccer. You're not is... invited to Christmas, dude. Oh, believe me. I, I am going to have my own Italian meal for Christmas. Oh, your, your house. Yeah, absolutely. Stuffed shells. Looking forward to it. Um, as far as soccer goes, we do have a little bit uh, uh, to talk about before Christmas. We're going to start off by talking about the Super Copa Italia, which is this Friday between Milan and Juve. And not in Italy. Guys, what do you know about the Super Copa Italia? It's, uh, it's basically a game where the winner of last year's Copa Italia plays against the winner of Serie A title. 
Uh, and, you know, this year it, w- it just happens to be Juve uh, for both of those games. And so when Juve played M- Milan in the Coppa Italia final at the end of last year, they won. So uh, Milan, they automatically got, you know, put into this game and they're probably going to lose because Juve is just winning everything. <laughs> I mean, like I was looking at the history of Supercoppa Italiana and I was like, what's the deal here? Uh so Juve has the most Supercoppe. They have seven. Um, they, you know, won the Coppa Italia last year. They have the most Coppa Italias out of anybody. And, uh, you know, they're winning the league. So I would say the way things are going, there's a good chance that Juve might win this one. And Doha, too, man. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to Qatar or Qatar, however you want to pronounce it. Was this like, is this like a, like a massage for the World Cup or something? Are they going to test out the... You know, the, the supposedly the, the floating air conditioners and all that stuff. That's a good are we, question. Are we going to be playing yeah. in some ridiculous stadium? And it's like, is it the one place that outside of Italy that you can just get as good a shopping and like in like UAE or, or <laughs> yeah. Qatar or something like that? Or as good of a tan, I guess. Yeah. Well, it was cool. Uh, who was it? I think Barcelona or Real. I can't remember which. They played a game there too. Uh, like Real last maybe. weekend. Yeah. yeah, Real just. Uh, Ronaldo's winning everything these days. That's you know, you right. know that Qatar is a country. It's like thirty miles by thirty miles. Really, like it's super, 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 super tiny. Yeah. If you can't make it to Qatar, there is another game that we wanted to mention, uh, a little bit closer to home here in America. This Friday, December twenty third, at Chelsea Piers in New York City, is the Pepito Cup, which is Giuseppe Rossi's uh, tournament. And uh, the reason we want to mention it, we got a bunch of uh, uh, Serie A teams, New York supporters clubs playing in this thing. So Bologna FC is represented, Napoli Club, New York City, Milan, New York City, the two MLS teams, NYC FC and Red Bull, New York, the team I support. Unfortunately, not the Cosmos anymore. Yeah, yeah. Lucky we're not there. Yeah, and so we're we're just gonna send a shout out to the Pepito Cup. Curve America is ready to play uh, for well, next Chris, season. Aren't you, aren't you gonna be there? Isn't the Giuseppe Rossi fan club there? And you're like the president <laughs> of the Giuseppe Rossi fan club. I am be not, there with there, his pom poms, his shirt off. There's a real thing called the Giuseppe Rossi fan club, and I am uh, not a, a dues paying member. But it's uh, like a battle royale of Chris and people like him from <laughs> uh, from Jersey that they ha- they have to fight to the death to see who gets to be the, the Giuseppe Rossi. Fan club president, stay jersey strong. The presidente. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, can, can you imagine playing in this game though? Like, like you know, you, you you're you're an amateur soccer player, and then you got these like pros coming in there, and like it hasn't they they haven't released like all who's going to be there. Can you like bring a ringer? Can you imagine like you're trying to play defense in a five aside, and like Pirlo turns up? Yeah, right. He, yeah. He, like he's like in a tuxedo too. Doesn't even <laughs> change his shoes. There will be a old man with a big gut. Probably some really short shorts, and he's going to be controlling the play from the back, just slow but intelligent. And so you, there's always one when you play pickup in Italy. Yeah, there will be a couple big names there. We, New York City FC is uh, going to play Claudio Reyna, so I'm sure there'll be other big names. But that's the one we saw. Um, it's for a good cause. Kickforlife.org is uh, giving academic soccer scholarships uh, in Lesotho, Africa. And so if you're a fan of Giuseppe Rossi or any of the Serie A clubs, uh, um, you know, good for them for, for being part of this. Entrance is free, according to the website, and uh, I wish I was there. As, uh, Apparently Monolos was going to play in this before he got hurt, which would have <laughs> answered the question. I really want to know if he would dive in a charity tournament. Yeah, just, On asphalt. Just, just goes down. Yeah. 
So uh, for a good cause, uh, the New York Supporters Club's up there. Enjoy it. Um, have a great time. We want to mention uh, we found that event on social media, and we obviously have our own. We've got a Twitter account, Instagram, Facebook, FabioAcurveAmerica.com. We're getting some feedback. Uh, Chris so- just getting crispy with the transition, just razor sharp, just just rolling off the tongue. You get you get too close to your to his transitions, you might cut yourself. It's week seventeen, man. You might burn yourself because he's too hot. Yeah. Poetic. Let's keep it up, man. Uh, I like that. Um, so, so those are how you can reach us. Uh, please, please find us on, on our social media accounts. A couple guys did find us uh, this past week. We're going to start with SoundCloud. Uh, Johnny on there had a question for the group. What is the process like for buying Serie A tickets? We're going to kick this to Tad because he's probably got the most experience. I've bought a that. lot of Serie A tickets in my life. Yeah, usually if you, if you, once they're on sale... There is an avenue to be able to buy them online through the Rebel website. If you're a, a straniero, if you're from, if you're a foreigner, or you're coming in from uh, overseas, um, how I used to do it living in Rome is you have to go buy it from a licensed vendor. Um, the big ones being the Roma stores. So if you go to an official Roma store, you can go and purchase a ticket there. Or a lot of the tobacco shops um, have the ability to print and sell tickets to you. But it's, you know, it's, it's kind of an archaic process. Getting tickets in in Europe for games in general is really hard. Um, but if you, if you do go, you have to show photo ID because they print your name on your ticket, Mm -hmm. which is supposed to like help be able to track who's in the stadiums because all the past violence and, you know, all the antics that go on in the stadium. But if you get hard up, man, you can just go stand outside the stadium and scalp one. Some people won't sell one to you you know, for, for they'll troll, they'll try and rip you off if you're not Depends, speaking Italian. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say. <laughs> but usually, you know, they're like 18 euro or something like that. Actually, they have a discounted rate for women too. So uh, uh, if you go and throw on a wig when you go buy it, you know, I don't know. Raise or ask an Italian person to get one for you. That'll yeah. probably be your best bet. But uh, for uh, for the hashtag Roma Wedding Derby. That's right. Tad's um, getting married. Roma is actually going to allow us to purchase tickets directly through them. How do you do that? Well, you got to be a big wig in the in the Roma community and the and the Italian podcast community like myself. <laughs> yeah. You have to throw some people in the Tiber. Is what <laughs> I hear. T- tape shirt off, throw some people in the Tiber. You have to be close personal friends with Daniele De Rossi to make this happen. <laughs> that is you in a nutshell, Tad. <laughs> All right. So um, the other uh, social media question we had, uh, just want to give a shout out on Instagram. There's a, a pizzeria up in uh, Fairhaven, New Jersey, the great state of New Jersey, called Umberto's Pizza. They were uh, throwing some comments to us before the Juve Roma game, which uh, was pretty cool. Just um, uh, they're Juve fans and and uh, good natured uh, back and forth. They said, uh, guys, if we're ever in the area up in Fairhaven, so we could stop by for some New Jersey pizza, the best in the world, and and some Coca Cola. Which uh, good on them for offering that. Um, I also wanted to bring this up, Tad, as a fellow Springsteen fan. This is uh, Springsteen territory, not too far from uh, from Rumson, where the boss lives. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, uh, maybe we'll bump into him there, and uh, we can tell him about the podcast. He can write a song about it. Yeah. Question for Umberto's there. Has Bruce ever walked in and ordered some pizza for you guys? <laughs> and my second question is, is can I trade that Coca-Cola in for uh, an adult beverage to have with my pizza? <laughs> a Peroni. Yeah, a Peroni. <laughs> there you go. In a glass bottle. Yeah. All right, so there's our social media for the week. Uh, please keep hitting us up. Uh, rate and comment on iTunes, guys. Go there, find us, rate and comment on iTunes. That's how we get found, that's how we grow, and that's how we can reach more people and all have more fun together. That's right, that's right. So, guys, let's go to week 17. We're going to start it off with the rundown. 
Fat Boy G leads Juve to victory in the much-anticipated Juve v. Roma head-to-head game of the week. Boo. <laughs> game of the week. Game of the Oh, yeah, my segment. That's, I was waiting Game of for the it. week. Game of the week. Do you like the Adams Family? Yeah. Like We're workshopping it, guys. Right, right into the podcast. So Let us know which song we can totally butcher for Game of the Week. Game of the Week. Thomas, I'm looking at you. That's right. Um, we also got Drace Mertens finds four more reasons to tear his shirt off and slide on his knees in another knockout performance. He has had an incredible two weeks. Fiorentina find a way to lose twice in one week. And Palermo look to begin their courtship of a new owner with a stunning 4-3 win. We're going to get on that Palermo bandwagon. That's right. Pink shirts and all. Paint the city pink. All right, guys. We got the top of the table. We're going to start with the first five games. We're starting with Juventus versus Roma and the game of the week. 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 Serious question. Have you seen the Addams Family movie? Yes. All right. He was Lurch. Psych. (laughs) All right, guys. This one ended, much to our chagrin, 1-0 in Juve's favor. The headline's got to be Iguain making the difference. Who's got this one? That's it, man. That's all you can say. He's making the difference. The game hat was kind of a game of two halves. Uh, Chesney was honestly making world-class saves throughout the entire game. And that's why I thought that Romo was going to pull this out. Uh, Juve probably had the better of the play in the first half. Iguain, amazing goal. But Chesney was keeping uh, Roma into the, in the game. And then, you know, second half just felt like a barrage. I mean, we were in there on at the edge of our seats just screaming in that game. It was super fun to watch. Unfortunately, uh, the result didn't fall our way. And, uh, you know, guys, if there's one moment that I can remember is just when we're all just sitting there, you know, facing our hands and our, our boy Sid, who is uh, – where, where is Sid from? I think from everywhere. From everywhere. Yeah. Sid is just this, you know, this guy, he just, he's not Italian, but he speaks the best Italian uh, probably out of he's, anyone he's in the club. He's fluent at the games. <laughs> and he is just cussing. It, the second half was frustrating for Roma fans because there was so many opportunities. I mean, how about the one guy that turns up for the Roma Club event and he's a Juve fan of the Juventus jersey? And the same thing on that is, how unintimidating a group supporters group are we? Where that guy just comes in, zips off his jacket, sits down, then watches the game. We're welcoming. He's probably like, hey, nice, nice guys. Yeah, you know, yeah. instead of getting hissed out of there. Right. Especially after after the uh, uh, 1-0 um uh, result, you know, we're all shaking his hand. Oh, thanks for coming, man. Yeah. You know, Marco gave him Rice Krispie treats and sent him on his way. <laughs> I was trying to get him in our raffle, just like the Fiorentina fan. Yeah. <laughs> all Serie A fans are welcome, but uh, it was a tough game, absolutely. Um, what do you guys think? I, I guess this, jumping into Juventus here, uh, the goal itself, good goal, beautiful goal, and yeah. uh, you know, Iguain takes the ball, uh, bodies Derossi, just uh, posterizes, and him. then just. Cuts it in front of Manolas in perfect shot, left-footed. I mean, it's the kind of shot from somebody who's in form. Uh, but I want to take a step back and really just talk about this front line because Iguain actually got taken off. Mandzukic stayed throughout the game, and then Dybala was just back from injury, comes into the second half. You know, you would expect Iguain, who's in hot you know, form, to be staying on throughout the game so they can get that goal. Uh, but here's a case where... Uh, 
you know, Allegri does a good job of surveying the, the, the match and says, I'm going to keep Mandzukic in because he is a workhorse and he, and he defends well. And, and I just, it kind of highlights the perfect combination of pace, goal scoring, and work rate that they have up there. I mean, Juventus is, is flying high all over the field, starting from the back up, even though they had some injuries. But really, I think these front three are key for them right now because they're able to get different types of play. And uh, honestly, it's effective against different opponents. Uh, in this game, they needed a moment of brilliance and then Mandzukic to work hard throughout the rest of the match. And it seems like, though, I mean, if you just look at the history of this team and they're, in, you know, over the, the course of the last season, you know, the end of the, the last half season, the first half of this season, these combinations that they can put out there. I mean, they've won 25 home games in a row um that's 69 goals for and only nine against 16 clean sheets so you talk about this front line um you know being able to put this out there and i agree this trident you know dibala is scary good and oh, oh, coming into his own manzukic is having a great season iguain is iguain i mean he's the difference maker in this game but we got to remember that this Team, I think, is built from the back up. I mean, even Buffon this week joking about, um, you know, he thinks he can play until he's 65 years old. Of course, last week he says he's going to retire at end of 2018. I think he just likes to keep us on his toes as he can do whatever he wants. But, you know, Chris, you were talking about earlier today that how they just shore, they seem to shore up their back line again with this this team from the back forward. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's it's just Juve. We were saying that if they're not deep this season, nobody is. Talking about Storaro, too, just signing another four-year deal, uh, securing the back again. Uh, um. Bonucci signs a contract. Ugani signs a contract. Looks like they can get Caldara from Juve. So, I mean, this team's priorities seem to – like they're always just playing one step ahead. You know what's funny about this record that they're about to pull? It's the second time they're they're looking to get this 25-game home uh, winning streak. And they started it last year against Bologna. They can break the record against Bologna uh, this on Thursday. Um, something else. Come on, Bologna. Some, Come on. Something else about you know the fact that they've just re-signed you know some contracts. Durado, first of all, comes out has a massive game. Buffon coming out this week saying, joking that he can play till 65, and then kind of falling back on that comment and saying, no, but I think I got another 10 to 15 years in me. So I think that they have the leadership in the back for the future. They have the youth in Rugani, Sturaro. I mean. Guys, you know, we're going to keep saying him up. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, Pepito Cup. You're going to have to wait a few more years, apparently, to get Buffon out there. Yeah. yeah he's no, he's going to be the guy with the belly controlling the game, but it's going to be 10 or 15 more years till you see him. And the interesting thing with the signings, too, is that, you know, playing time you would think is an issue for a super club like Juventus, but they all are continuing to sign through. Uh, 2021 is a big year with these signings. They're, all these players are here for a while. So, And... Juve in this game seemed to really control the game. Um, it, it really, they attacked Roma's midfield and Rossi got in card problems early. And I think that it's yeah. kind of highlighted that while Nangolan and Strutman have been playing excellent as well, the passion of the midfield is to Rossi. And when he can't play at his, you know, at his full, you know, bore, when he's got to yeah. kind of be looking over his shoulder to see if he's going to get another card, uh, a lot of good things don't happen for them. And, you know, I, that changed the game. That yeah. Early on, you could feel it that he wasn't going to go as hard because the goal happened right about right after that, right? Yeah, within so, five minutes. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I think that Spalletti made some good subs. I think that Roma played well throughout the, the second half. They had some chances. 
I mean, Chesney had to make some saves in the second half, could have sealed the game for sure. Um, but here's a common pattern that we've been seeing. You know, Bruno Perez and Salah come back out of nowhere. Uh, you know, l- luckily they were able they to... They got the magic spray. They get healthy. But as soon as, you know, you got these two players coming back, now you got Manolas and, and Nangolan injured for a little bit. I mean, my question to you guys is uh, right now, and we've talked about it a couple times throughout the last couple weeks, but... You know, who does what kind of a player does Roma need? Let's not say a specific player, but what kind of a player does does Roma need? Do they need a wing back? Do they need a midfielder? I think they're pretty deep there. Do they need a forward? What do you guys think? I, it's to me, it's owning the midfield. So I, you're right. I mean, we have De Rossi and Nangle, Nangolan was the player of this game for me. Uh, just killed it. Um, but but that's it. I mean, we have scores. They just need to get the ball, and that's what I took away from this game. That we, we couldn't, we weren't feeding them. Like the ball just kept getting lost before we could take an effort at goal. Um, well, to your question, Marco, the thing is, if we were to add somebody, who whose place would that take? And we've seen Perotti this season play excellent in, in stretches. We've seen Mohamed Salah be one of the most dangerous players in Europe in some sections. And we've seen some stretches. And we've seen Edin Dzeko score 12 goals. So where the firepower is coming from that, um, you know, who are you going to take off on that to bring somebody on? Are you saying that those players aren't dynamic enough scorers because Roma's scoring a ton of goals this year? So I would, to me, say I'd look to the back in the defense um, just because, you know, with the injury to to Parrish um, and just I think we're a little thin back there. Um, You know, Monolith now being hurt. Who's really going to replace him? Fazio has played well. Um, I thought he played really well this game, but I'm not entirely sold on him. and, you know, Florenzi is back into training this week. There's a video out that, you know, he's doing running. He's just jogging. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, jogging. I believe the J is silent. Um, I think we need a player in the back. I, I, I mean, be it another center back or a left back that I think um, can, you know, be dynamic, shut somebody down, and also push the ball forward to get the ball to these attackers, uh, these attacking wingers, uh, get the ball to Jekko. Um, so I would say somebody in the back that's that's a bit more dynamic and more trustworthy than we can have right now. I'll take two. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with that. So I think that's a good point. A little reinforcement. Uh, maybe, maybe I don't think Sharawi's done enough off the bench, so maybe yeah, somebody up there. He's been yeah. disappointed after Not his revelation. Not to take Salah's place or Perotti's place, but a little bit more depth. I think it's time to get a little depth because I think what is what we're seeing in the pattern is that people are getting injured. Uh, it's probably because we're playing multiple competitions. So that's that's what, how I feel about Roma right now. Still in good shape. Guys, bef- before we go on, though, we played Pjanic. Pjanic, uh, it, of course, it wasn't at Stadio Olimpico. It was there. And Pjanic being such a great player for us for the past few years and, you know, soccer being such a passionate sport, a passionate fan base, oftentimes you see in across all sports when a player leaves and that team faces him for the first time, a lot of booing, a lot of hissing, or a lot of hard feelings. Do you think Roma fans have the right to hold, still hold a grudge against Pjanic half season later? No, I, I hope he does the right thing when when Juve comes to Roma uh, uh, and you know recognizes the crowd. But as far as holding a grudge, I mean, I, I'm over it. I, I mean, it hurts to see him, but he didn't he didn't score like a free kick against us or something like that. That would have been hard to get over. That's amazing because he did play against Roma and used to play for Roma. 
it's tough, you know. I, I loved Pjanic as a player. I thought he was one of our best players. He had the most assists last year, so he was a, a, a key player for us. Um, but a player like him, his stature, his statistics, you know, if you don't win something three, four years, uh, you're going to see this player move on for bigger, you know, bigger contract, bigger team. Right now, Juventus is a bigger team. Uh, with that in mind, uh, Juve seven points ahead here. We got one more game uh, before the break. Uh, but is this good for the league with Juve being so far ahead? I mean, even if you're a Juve fan, do you want a rivalry? Do you want to just run away with the table and, and be done with it? Or or what do you guys think about that? Juve is dominant. And uh, if you ask me, um, I'm the kind of guy who loves to see dominance, elite teams, uh, I think that's something that's really cool, like teams that have history, um, you know, that you can just always turn on the channel and know that they're going to have the best players and they're going to be, you know, at least top three in the league. Um, but I can see the the opposite argument. I mean, I yeah, I mean, if I'm watching like a high school basketball game that has like one star, you know, like LeBron James in high school, or something like that. And I want I've never seen them before. Yeah, I want to go and I want to watch that guy score sixty points. I want to see a fifty to you know fifty point blowout and just be like, wow, look how much better this one team is than the other. For Juventus, I don't really want to see any team in the league now, you know, go up more than seven points on uh, you know on the second place team when you know Chelsea won the EPL by twenty points every year that Bayern you know it seems like this except for this year seems like the season's over by the midway point for anybody else going up there seven points to me for the league is good going in the second half as the f- as the furthest point because you want because Juve loses games right. and they've lost three this game so if they lose one and you know Roma or Napoli or Milan wins one and they become within four you know then we're talking a draw and a head-to-head away so I don't want to see Juve run away with it um, you know it was crushing when they scored a hundred points and they scored a hundred points in the calendar year of 2016 this year I mean they've just been absolutely crazy good mm-hmm. I would like to see these closer teams, stories like Milan, who've surprised everybody, Napoli, who are now starting to come in their own, and Roma, who have become you know just a mainstay as as Italian giants, um, you know always second or third in the league getting a Champions League. I'd like to see them stay within striking distance just to make it more interesting. I mean, December was fun, right? I mean, we've been talking about this has kind of been a playoff run between us playing Milan. And then, uh, uh, then Juve is like this big buildup to it was like like a Super Bowl almost. And, and Juve is a better team, but they beat Roma one to zero off a great goal by Iguain. And so sometimes the best, if you keep it close, sometimes even the best team in the league doesn't win the league if there's just a couple slip ups. Right. And that's what's the fun about the point system, the way the league is set up. Yeah, yeah I have to, I have to clarify. I don't like that Juve is dominant, <laughs> but I, I don't mind uh, you know dominance in the league. I just I like the I like every week in week out matters. And even as a Yankee fan, I'm not rooting for the Red Sox, but at least those games are fun during July and and, and June because they matter. And I, I think that would be better for the league. Let's keep going, guys. We got another uh, top five game in Milan and Atalanta. Both teams needed this game, and it was kind of crappy. Uh, ended in a zero zero draw. Um, there's not much to report on this one. It, just for what it's worth, Atalanta, Marco's man. Frank Kessie? Frank man. Kessie. My uh, man. <laughs> it's his birthday today, so wishing him a happy birthday. But um, 
He turns out uh, 20, twin, twin. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's just really nothing. Bonaventura had a good game for Milan, obviously didn't score. Montella, after the game, said, we tried everything. He wasn't happy with Atalanta's effort. He felt they were too chippy and slowed the game down to the point where it wasn't a fun game to play in or watch. Um, so, yeah, there's... there's A little the, foggy, too, right? Yeah, it ended up being foggy at the end of the game. Um, you guys got a couple notes here for, for Atalanta. Well, I mean, I think the story of this game has got to be, you know... Afterwards, Gasparini is starting to talk about what he feels their aspirations are. And he says, sixth six place for Christmas. They want to win next week so they can be firmly in sixth place for Christmas, which is an interesting insight because Frank Kessie has been rumored to be leaving in, in January. It looks like Caldara is, is you know all but sewn up for Juve. However, he might part of the deal might be he stays at Atalanta on loan um, for the second half of the season. You know, Inter are cir- are circling now. you know, another $20 million price tag. So these two guys, if, you know, if they stay at Atalanta loan, Atalanta can cash in on, you know, $40 million or even $20 million from Caldara if he gets to stay, reinvest that in the club um, for this team to make a push and not totally, you know, dismantle before the end of the year. Because you got to think, we've said it in the past, Frank Kessie might not leave in January, but he's, this is not his forever team. So are you are you taking that to say that sixth place for Christmas is, hey, we're happy with that midseason, and that's Christmas for you fans. We got yes. to sixth place. And 100%. That's it? 100%. Atalanta, it's all about taking things into perspective because a lot of times teams will have runs, there's Cinderella stories and things like that. But if you if you recognize that at the beginning of the season, what is a team's goal? Where are they now? That's how you measure. You don't measure based on, oh, they had a nice run. Because then they go into the tough part of the schedule like they just did. And they come out with one or how many points? They one have one point. point yeah, they, they, they're one out of their last uh, nine. Right. So, you know, here's here's Atalanta. I just want a, a note on, on Caldara, you know, really smart piece of business. Uh, if in fact it is you know 100% confirmed that this 20 million loan to uh, Juventus while keeping him for the rest of the season, super smart because you just said it, they can reinvest that money. They may do some other smart business like that. I mean, here's a team that realistically they want to be you know bolstered. They want to be exciting for their fans. They have great atmospheres at their stadium, uh, but they're not expecting, I don't think, to get in the champions. So if they can get Europa. They have to. They have to do a combination of smart business and uh, you know big performance. So I think they're going for it. But to, on the flip side of the coin, if you look at Milan, you know, I mean, their their whole sales been held up. It looks like they're not going to sell Baca, but they're not going to buy anybody. Although they've totally superseded expectations. Where do you think Milan is going at the, you know, at this point? Yeah, the big news from them, uh, we've been talking about it for the past few podcasts of how they're not going to sell this team with the Chinese investors because it just keeps getting held up. Milan's GM, Adriano Galliani, uh, categorically rules out any big transfer signings uh, this winter. So that's got to be a sucker punch for any Milan fans. They're looking for for smaller fish. Um, but isn't this team names. good enough to, to, to be a top three or four finisher? Like if you look, if Lapadula and Sousa play this way, you know, going forward, are, are they good enough to, to maintain? I, I think they have the talent there, but I'm still surprised at, at where they are in the table, competing with, with Roma. Because Niang's been down. Niang is a great yeah. talent. If, you know, if, if he picks it up, Baca, I mean, man, we're, we're, is, is he still training with Sevilla? I know, I know. 
They said uh, that was another quote from Galliani that he's not going to be traded to Arsenal, but he didn't say any Spanish teams. So we'll see what happens. Well, look, I think if you're measuring them up against the other teams, uh, Europe is certainly attainable. Uh, I think OTFR right now is just in better form, but would say that they're probably two comparable teams. And I just don't think Milan is anywhere near Juventus, Roma, or Napoli, especially Napoli at the moment, who I think is probably the best team in the league other than Juve. Yep. So uh, there there it goes. Uh, Milan in fifth place now with 33 points. Atalanta right behind them with 29 um, let's keep going, guys. We got another good game. Napoli and Torino. This one ended with eight goals total. 5 3 uh, in Napoli's favor. Marco, you got this one. It really shouldn't have been eight goals. Uh, well, if it was supposed to be that way, it's probably because, uh, you know, Drace Mertens could have scored eight of them. Drace! Drace has the pace and the grace. <laughs> So, you know, here's a player to When have. he doesn't feel like t- t- typing it again, he copies and pastes. <laughs> right. Here's a player who is the first player to have consecutive Serie A hat-tricks since Pietro Anastasi. Since Pietro Anastasi. new chief pronunciator on the pod. There well done. Go, man. Look how hyped you are. <laughs> since Pietro Anastasi for Juve in, in 74. I mean, look, fun game. Uh you know, first half looked like it was about to be a battle, but then Mertens just turns it on. I mean, here's here's a guy who's like, you know, seems like he's five foot three, and he is playing, you know, the point man, floating number nine. He's in the front, he's in the side, scoring all over the place, and all comes, to, you know, all culminates with a chip inside the eighteen. It left Joe Hart looking at the stars, like, what the hell's going on today? Yeah, I mean, between Insigne and, and, and Dres Mertens, I mean, these guys are so tiny, it looks like they could trip over the ball and tumble and roll with the yeah. ball because they're not that much taller than the ball. And then Giaccherini comes in, he's like, I'm actually shorter than both of you. Giaccherini climbs a blade of grass for everybody to see him. Meanwhile, Callejon and Hamsik, I mean, guys, this team right now is the team to beat. And I would dare anybody to play against them real madrid this is a direct challenge i mean january 8th they're coming firing all cylinders it's, it's going to be a so good true. one shiri shaz's yeah. goal on this one too is just a beautiful uh you know taka taka yeah. uh, total team goal where what you want as an attacking force in a way that napoli plays is the guy who scores the goal is standing right in front of the goal, tapping it in with the goalkeeper on the other side of the goal from him. Right. And that is the type of, of soccer that Napoli is playing right now. Yeah. Mertens has had some incredible goals, a lot of, a lot of chip goals, which are, which are great. Um, but a few weeks ago, guys, they were in the middle of the table and now just absolutely storming back. I think you're right, Marco. Looking forward to that. Um, but, I mean, the big question for Napoli starting the season was is where are they going to find the goals? They had Iguain scored 37 goals. Oh, my gosh, he leaves, he's gone. Milik, ter- you know, he leaves. They're, they're done. Milik comes in, scores some goals, tears the ACL. Oh, my God, they're done. At this point, they have 37 goals in 17 games, and that's six more than they did at this point last season. So yeah. I think we can maybe start to squash that thing. This team is unable to find goals. Yeah. And speaking of goals, Gabbiadini, what up with him, yo? Yeah. Well, that's why uh, Merton started this game as a floating number nine and really played the whole game. Obviously, he was the best player in the field. I think this is pretty much seals the deal for Gabbiadini. I mean, he's he's got to be on his way out unless... 
unless the owners say, you know, we want to be smart with our money, he's still young, he's got talent, and he's a good backup forward, because he is. I mean, he's he brings a different dynamic uh, if you were to be switching him out with uh, someone like Drace Mertens uh, or even in seeing here and, you know, flipping around the, the formation. I'm super impressed by Kai Hon. I mean, he's just a role player who scores goals, which is the ultimate player. It's kind of like a Florenzi. Yeah, I disagree with you on Gabbiadini, though. I think it'd be very foolish for Napoli to let him go. I think that he's so young and there's such a huge ceiling on this guy that unless you're going to loan him out somewhere to maybe get some more experience to get this guy off your team. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like he's playing for Udinese or it's not like he's playing for, you know, a team that could really needs to sell him to make the money or something like that. I think that he didn't have a whole lot of confidence coming in this season because it seemed that like Napoli was trying everything they possibly could to find a different center forward that wasn't Gabbiadini. And so I think that went to his head a little bit. He didn't have a whole lot of confidence as young players do. So I think that even though Sarri's kind of trashing him, saying he's done all he can for them, kind of implying it's on him or he's at the door, I don't think this seals the deal on Gabbiadini. I think he sticks around if Napoli's smart. Yeah. How about for Torino, guys? Uh, kind of a bad spell for them. They were the hot team early on in the season, but they've dropped to ninth so far. Uh, any thoughts on them as a club? Hey, I mean, they fought till the end, and uh, they ended up getting f- three goals, which is impressive when you get five goals scored against you. If you're able to like score some goals, it means that you're fighting throughout the match. Um, you know, just they they couldn't get it. They didn't get it done in the in the back and. You know, Mertens had a, you know, alien effort. I mean, this guy, this is the kind of game that, you know, he's on and everything he does is right. And it's tough. You know, Torino got caught in a bad moment in that sense. Um, Something interesting for you, uh, Chris, you know, I saw this. uh, Sky Sports did an interview with Joe Hart. Uh, It's called The Italian Job, which is a fitting name. It premiered on Sunday night and it basically talks, it's Joe talking about, adapting to his new club how he you know how he basically giving props to the club how they treated him nicely the fans treated him very well and you know puts so, a smile on our face at not least. not in italian it was in english it was in english oh, joey Sky bag Sports. of donuts come on man you got to do that in italian i i think that torino has just hit an unlucky little spell here losing a sampdoria two weeks ago is a killer and then they have to go and they have to you know play Juventus and they have to play Napoli, Marco's top two teams in the league. So yeah, they could have had a better result. Going 0 for nine on your nine points are gonna are going to you know obviously drop you on the table, but they're still in striking distance. Um, even at this nine spot, they have 25 points. Fiorentina. God knows what's going to happen with them. Inter's up and down. You know, they could, cl- and Atalanta's unproven. So I think they have the ability to climb their way back into the top six. And if you're talking about season goals to start off with, I think that a goal for them would be playing in Europe. Yeah. Um, but so, I mean, I think, I think that they've, they've had a bit of unluck with this kind of tough schedule that they've had. They really needed, and as Atalanta's been stuff, suffering, you need to take the points from the teams beneath you. And they just, they had a, that 2-0 loss to Sassuolo was a killer. Um, but my favorite thing about this game, guys, was Mikhailovich trashing Yayich. <laughs> he said, he was a disaster today. Much like Juventus last week, I didn't like his performance at all. Yayich is the player who's supposed to, ma- to make a step up in quality. If he plays like this, we'd, 
we'd be better off not having him on the squad at all. I hope he wakes up soon. Otherwise, we might as well use someone else. That is crushing quotes. Just, just, just validation. Because yeah. when he was crushing goals, you know, the, uh, in the mid part of the first half of the season, I was like, why? Yeah. Why do these guys? I mean, as, as Nick Sementelli, who's the, uh, uh, one of one of the Curve America guys with us, he calls Torino uh, Roma Career Hospital. But I just love, I love Mikhailovich coming out and Torino fans getting a little bit of taste of just the disappointing player that Yajic is. Well, there's some, you know, there's some backstory to that uh, potentially. Well, I'm, I'm making that up a little bit. But years ago when, when Yajic was playing on Fiorentina, he got in a, in a big fight with Delio Rossi. Actually, Delio Rossi was the coach at the time. He also coached for OTFR and he got suspended because he was trying to like fight Yaich, if you look at Yaich's face, it just makes you cringe because he looks like a little brat, you know? Like, you just look at him and it's like, are you trying? Are you playing hard? Like, you can't tell. And that was so frustrating about him at Roma. Like, you didn't know if he cared. You know, he's one of those yeah. players. Are you running your hardest right now? Right. And, I mean, you know, there's a couple players that are like that, um, that are really frustrating and they're really talented. And he's one like that. But guys, um, I think... If Torino wants to, you know, kind of turn it around and and get back on a hot streak, they might be looking for some players to pick up in the January transfer window. I saw some rumors on Lucas Castro from Kievo, which would be huge. And then God help us all. There, I saw a rumor about Iturbe. I don't know why anybody would try to get him right now, but they got Falke. And he seems to be one of the best players in the Serie A right now. So maybe Iturbe can get back into form. Roma Career Hospital. There you go. Also a positive note from President Cairo we saw. He's, he uh, Just a positive note for Torino fans. Wanting to buy, uh, be buyers in January. Uh, so his quote, If we have a chance to do something, we certainly won't let it slip away. So Buying Castro would not be letting that slip away. He's yeah. a heck of a player. Yeah. So any more? How about uh, with with Belotti, Il Gallo? Uh, you guys thinking uh, they're going to hold on to him with this kind of quote? Well, I mean, they're not going to sell him in January. Nobody's going to shell out ninety million dollars for this guy in January. Probably not. Maybe a Chinese right? club would. Yeah, well, yeah, they'll pay you China. in like they'll pay you in August or something like that. How does Trump say it? China? China. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, probably good news for Torino, uh, even even with the recent lackluster results, but. Um, uh, hopefully positive uh, future for them. Last one of the top five, we got Fiorent- Fiorentina and OTFR. The final score, 3-1 in OTFR's favor. Tad, you got this. Yeah, OTFR keep pace with the top four and continue to find ways to score from players not named Chiro Immobile. Um you know, Kieta next is fifth in this one, which is a positive sign for them. It's the most, it's his personal best for a season um, since the 2013 14 season. So he has a whole nother half of the season to, you know, go up to d- double digits. Um, you know, Immobile uh, gets an assist in this one. And just mind bogglingly, Lulich starts in this game. Like, is this guy ever going? What? What is the? Yeah, we're not letting that. Go. Are they going to ban him for half the season when he comes back? Because yeah. I mean, he's playing and contributing to OTFR victories after just his disgraceful comments um, a couple weeks ago. But Fiorentina, it's th- this is the most interesting coach dilemma right now because you have Susa, mm-hmm. and the you know this team's got they they lose twice this week, one out of Genoa. Now Genoa, I'm starting to feel 
is a little bit of a dangerous team. They have they have which we'll get to later. They have some good young players that are playing well. But then to just get smoked. I mean, they were dominated from start to finish in this game. We're back and forth on Sousa on this thing. Corvino said he won't discuss his future. Um, you know, Sousa throwing the thing out there. They're not backing me up enough to compete, but he's got star players. Um, and then the other the other side of the team saying that they provided enough for him. So what do you guys think? You think Sousa is done at the midseason after these results? Because they're still hanging around. 26 points, three spots out of Europe. You know what I'm predicting right here? Hot take. Sousa gets fired if they get waxed by napoli uh on thursday and there's they, they good, get put on wax there there's a there's a good chance that napoli the way they're playing they put you know four or five past fiorentina and see you later susa on to the next one um you know they they lose uh last thursday to genoa completing a game that you know was postponed from three months ago <laughs> they played you know they played the last 68 minutes of that game and uh you know Honestly, here's here's a team that is just up and down, but they hang around the European spots, and they should be happy to be there because they've had some really inconsistent results this year. Um, you know, God help Fiorentina and God help uh, Sousa. Well, the Sousa thing, though, is, I mean, if, if for them not to fire him at this point with all the tumultuousness that's happened, or not just fire him at the midseason point to you know have this back and forth, is this them like? saying that they're throwing the towel into the season if they fire him because they don't have somebody to replace him. Well, that's what they said a few weeks ago, that I think no matter what, he's out uh, at the end of the year, which we, we've talked about in the past. Why do you say that if if you're not going to do something in the transfer window now? I think he's gone this this winter. Like You're not going to for, uh, forego an entire half season Letting everybody know we're we're firing this coach at the end of the season. You're giving up on the season. You don't announce that. This is it. a good team with firepower. They they need to they they have every bit of a chance to go for it in Europe. It's all about this Napoli game, guys. I think you're right, Marco. I think if they get blown out, that's the that's the end of it for him. It's all about this Napoli game because if they win, they're right outside that that European spot. If they lose, they're they're falling straight into the middle of the table. But also, too, if Napoli just embarrasses them like like they've been doing, if Merton gets another hat trick, I mean that that the fans aren't going to stand for that. No way. All right, guys, there's the top five. Let's take a quick break and get a word from our sponsor. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. And we're back with the middle of the pack. Up first, we got Sassuolo versus Inter. Tad, take it away. Inter takes this game 1-0. Um, they take another three points on the road this time um, behind great games by Joe Mario and Kandreva. Guys, Kandreva took his good looks, his <laughs> Italian international physique and sweet beard to Inter uh, in order to you know, basically cross endless balls in the box for 
the likes of Maro Icardi and Idair, Brozovic and Perovic. Like Marco said, began the podcast, a lot of itches on this team. <laughs> um, and this one, like he does every once in a while, he says, the crosses be damned. I will score that goal that will give us our third win in the last uh, give us our third win in the last four Serie A matches. Um, you know, I mean, country was dropping bombs in this game from distance. One that required an amazing save by uh, Consili, uh, and another one that was just pure luck because he blasted it, he caught a deflection, went off the side post. Um, and also, he just had another classic Kondreva turn, a no-look cross lob into the box that Icardi should have cleaned up, knocked in with a header, but miss hit it off his head and didn't go in. You know, just just a a, a great performance from from both him and Joe Mario. And it looks like Pioli is set with this four-two-three-one with Kondreva, Joe Mario, and Perisic playing behind Mario Icardi. Um, and it appears that Benega may be gone in January dude I guess because Perisic Joe Mario Brozovic and Kong Dobi have been playing pretty well and despite being trash in Europe um, they have taken 12 points in the last six games to firmly put them in seventh place and now this next week they play a game against OTFR how much is riding on this game for Inter and with all the drama should they be happy with their position on the table so far definitely should be happy with their position on the table um, you know they have some they've had some results and when this team's on they have the talent they're you know one of the top teams uh, you know again when they're on one of the top teams in the league um, this game against OTFR is so important because of the fact that when you play a team like OTFR who is you know on the outside looking in of the elite teams in in Serie A you're really battling against these teams to get into that, you know, elite group. You if if you lose to this team, well you're just kind of outside of that group and you know, you're just another one who's in the middle of the pack. Um but Inter has an opportunity here and I think the way things are going right now, they might be able to grab it. I they have to be ecstatic with where they are in the table. They fired their coach Deboer in the beginning of the season. And Icardi... Well, after their original coach just quit. Yeah, right before the season, mm-hmm. right. And the, all the mess with Icardi with his, with his biography coming out. Uh, how you can't be super ecstatic that you're not even talking relegation zone. Good for them. I still think they're a middle-of-the-pack team for me. I agree, playing OTFR uh, would get them in, into uh, a bigger conversation with Europe. But for me, Inter is not a, a, a quality team for Europe. Well, this game against... OTFR, I think we will find out because if they win this game, I think that they are showing a lot of grit and determination. And I think that 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 means Pioli is showing a lot of leadership because the, you know, the powers that be in this team is are that the front office of this team. I mean, have, are extremely incompetent and almost seems like they're purposely crashing the plane into the mountain. I mean, the whole Gabby goal debacle. And now I get it. You know, Gabby goal is you can only put so, you know, he, he seems to be somewhat of a prima donna, but you can only put so much on him and to invest that amount of money without being sure that this guy is at least going to get a chance on the field. Forget the training pitch or anything like that. Like that is just purely flushing money down the toilet. Yeah. And getting Kondreva is great and getting Joe Mario is great. Um, but then it seems like Benega might be a wasted experience, you know, a wasted experiment if they only keep him after all the drama to get him in the summer. So I think this game is huge, and I think that if they are able to get a good result against OTFR, this 
is going to be more about the team that's on the field with their coach rather than what's in the front office and what they may or may not do. How about for Sassuolo, just the team that started off as the Cinderella? Just They're, they're holding this team together with spit and dirt. I mean, yeah. Manunelli before, at the end of last week, goes out and is you know done with an ACL tear. Now, who knows? ACL tears now seem to be like, you know, like, like the common cold. Right. Like, um, but, uh, you know, they had some, they had played hard and they had a few chances. Um, their defense really stepped up this game, being led by Consili. But, yeah, I mean, they, they, they're just holding on for dear life with all the injuries that have happened to this team. The only positive I saw for this game with Sassuolo was DeFrell had an awesome touch. Uh, ball came up over the top. He, he deadened the ball like right on the 20 and, and didn't go in. But, I mean, if you're looking for, for a good uh, offensive player, DeFrell. No, yeah, it, I think Roma or Napoli will enjoy that yeah. in January. Yeah, it's January. really good for Sassuolo. <laughs> Big yeah. positive. Yeah. Um, uh, how about uh, about uh, Di Francesco, their coach? Uh, any thoughts with him? Uh, another. I mean, again, I don't think he's going to lose his job because, it, as we said in previous podcasts, he's a young, exciting coach. They have fired and rehired him, but like he said it himself, their their plan going forward is to get as many players. His quote for him: "The plan for now is to go get." back as many players from the treating room as possible because with the current squad at our disposal we can only look over our shoulders and that's that's really it they're 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 fielding a mess of a team and had to play extra games in europe are you guys thinking relegation for sassuolo here they're they're at 17 the relegation zone is nine points no way the no. teams in the right in the danger zone are garbage and when Berardi comes back you could see a guy a guy come in and i mean he could score 15 goals in the second half of the season all right. Up next, we got Kievo and Sampdoria. Um, Chris, you got this one. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Uh, Kievo's at home. They take this one 2-1. Um, Majorini with, uh, with a chip ball on the run. One touches it. Uh, Sampdoria's goalkeeper and defender comically fall into each other, uh, and he's got a wide-open net, just, just touches it home. Pelissier also got one in this game, um, and Kievo really dominated this game. Uh, the fog rolled in at the end of the game, and, and Schick got one. Uh, who's It's his third goal in as many games. Holy Schick. Yeah. Um, Stealing my joke, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was just another garbage goal. Honestly, I think two out of the three goals for him have been late, late uh, goals. So, you know, good for him, but they haven't really counted much for Sampdoria. Um that was really it with this game. Uh, um, not much more to report on. Crowd was nice. Yeah. Let's not force it then. <laughs> Who's next? All right. We got uh, Empoli and Cagliari. Tad, you got this one. Ooh, definitely looking forward to this game. Um, the guy who... Uh, what was uh, the score of the game? The game was 2-0. It was 2-0. Thank you, Marco. Um, Empoli wins 2-0. And Levon Michalic... What? Try it again. Try it. <laughs> Micha Delitza. Good enough. <laughs> no, I had. I was practicing this earlier today. I like. And the I effort even here. had a phonetic out in yeah, here. I like the effort. <laughs> Micha Delitzi. <laughs> Micha Delitzi. It's tough to listen to what's his face uh, as he rattles through it on the Tim podcast. Anyways, he may not be the best player in the world, but he is the best player on Empoli. <laughs> That's from Georgia. All right. <laughs> A lot of qualifiers there. I mean, this is a chippy game. Uh, there's 12 cards given. A, a straight red goes to Roberto Colombo for being the opposite of a gentleman soccer player <laughs> in this game. Of course, he didn't think he did anything. 
Um, and to continue on the story, I mean, Skrupski is on his head again for another clean sheet, and this including his first saved penalty kick from Joe Pedro, which is funny that uh, uh, Farias did not take the PK after converting the last one. And that, that is seven clean sheets for Skrupski, who is showing everyone as the season progresses that if you work hard your whole life and make it to the professional soccer level, you can have seven clean sheets for Empoli in one half of a season. <laughs> that's countless hours in the weight room um, and watching film. That's running that extra mile in the pouring rain instead of attending your child's first birthday party. That's damning your parents by not becoming a doctor like your brother and instead putting in the time needed to be good at using your hands in a game that's played with your feet. So, Lucas Skorupski, again, we salute you. Marco, we're back to the uh, Empoli monologues from Tad. <laughs> yeah, man. And, you know, I guess Skorupski deserves uh, this type of eulogy, eulogy-esque type uh, uh, monologue because he's been playing super well and he's kind of keeping them in it if you would consider them in it i mean alive let's just say alive um empoli kind of uninspiring and uh Cagliari uninspiring too but so this is our probably our uh, game of the week w-e-a-k hey but we do see the appearance of first time in a podcast of an italian with the first name guido Guido Marilungo um, had his best game of the season with two assists. Which is fun um, to say. But Empoli played their best since their 4-0 thrashing of Piscara back on uh, the 20th of, of November, proving this to the soccer world that you may be able to hold Empoli to a bottom-dwelling, painfully less than mediocre team whose stadium might be built more to keep the players on the pitch from running out in disgrace rather than the fans off the field. And you might be able to keep them down for a time, guys, but not forever. They will They will come out with a 2-0 victory. It has to be said for Empoli here, uh, this game was important to them, creates some distance in the table. Um, we're about to jump into the danger zone. Uh, but without this win, they're only two points away from Crotone. And, uh, you know, that that used to be a four-team a four uh, team race, and, and now with this win for Empoli, it's it's kind of, uh, there's three solid teams in the basement. They're beginning the march. Yeah, of getting out of the relegation zone. Guys, but what about Rastelli? I mean, he's really hanging by a thread over there at Cagliari. Um, he's, he himself should be put down into the next section. <laughs> <laughs> the danger zone. <laughs> All right. Here okay, we go. thanks for making me do that by myself, guys. <laughs> hey. Hey, if 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 that talk about a big game, another big game for a Serie A coach, though, if they lose to Sassuolo, I think he's done. We will see. Let's do the danger zone again, Marco. The danger zone. You guys got it. We're going to start with the very bottom of the danger zone with Pescara. They're in 20th place, and they played Bologna here. Uh, they lost 3 nothing. Marco, what do you got? Yeah, Bologna bullies Pescara. Dolphins belly up in the danger zone. <laughs> Red card for Verre. Really hurt Pescara in the first half. Studs up, nasty challenge. I thought that guy broke his leg when, when they first came up. Terrible, you know, but Pescara, just chum of the chum bucket. They're just <laughs> the filth. Uh, they got eight points, and I will say we did predict three wins earlier in the year. That's nine points. We got one point left to spare. Maybe they'll get a tie in there. Uh, Pizzari, five saves. Four of them were huge. And, uh, you know, Bologna, here they go. Here they go. First win in seven go- games. No Mattia Destro goal, but he draws the PK. 
Look, they they I'm got surprised 20 points. I'm surprised he's not still celebrating from uh, from drawing a PK. They got Juven next, so it's a good thing they won this game <laughs> because they're not they're gonna have 20 points at the halfway mark. Um, you know, one notable I'm sure that you know is somewhat interesting here that the Swiss uh, Bledrim uh, Jamali, who actually played for Napoli before. He is looking to join Montreal Impact in the summer of 17. So maybe he's trying to, uh, you know, whip up the glory years back in the MLS. Well, maybe he's looking to the MLS to try and make more money. Did you guys see that stupid article they, they put out that MLS players made more money than Serie A players? Yeah. Fake and news. The we fake almost n- ran that. Yeah. 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 And then they came back and they're like, oh, wait a minute. Um, we forgot about taxes. Yeah, we forgot about <laughs> one people. We uh, uh, said how much they made before taxes and America. And the other one is after taxes in Italy, where there's a 43% tax rate. Like, how are you scientists? How are you? How, how, how are you putting that study? Yeah, I mean, how are you putting a study if that's such a glaring mistake? And of course, it turns out that of course Italian players make a ton more money than the MLS. No shade on the MLS. These are the same people who helped Trump win the election, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's keep going with the danger zone. We got Crotona and Udinese. The what? The what danger zone. The danger zone. The guys, danger zone. You guys got me saying it. Uh, no surprises here. Udinese takes this one from the Crouton Nation. Two nothing. Um, it was Udinese's turn. Yeah. Um, Cordaz uh, for for Crotone was definitely the story here. Um, he does get a straight red. Um, oh my god! What a bonehead! Yeah. That was a crazy. Straight red. Maybe though, as we see to the, from the net, the last game, the danger zone, tied for the dumbest play by a goalie this week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he tries to clear the ball, basically passes it right to I think it was Thoreau, uh for Udinese. Wide open net, and he sticks his hand out to save it. It would have been a goal. And yeah, so but he was he like he's out. like five yards ahead of the front of the box. Yeah, yeah way he's outside. Pass the, the ball like the the free kick was. I don't know. It was kind of dumb on his part, but it was. Kind of done by the ref, too. I don't know. It was, it was weird. But yeah. credit to Cordaz for being a goalie wearing a short-sleeve shirt in this That's one. right. And, and uh, yeah, Crotone had, like, the bright neon yellow. He went with the true colors of, he of the He kind of looks like Skorupski's brother who, like, just got back from, like, the Marines or something. Yeah, something. yeah. Or, or, or prison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of tats. For Udinese, our, our biggest story, HD... CT. HD, HD CT. Um, Thoreau, he gets two here, one in the 42nd minute. Uh, with a set piece, uh, gets the toe poke in on the volley. And then uh, HDCT strikes again. Another good shot. Drop ball, curler to the far side of the net. Uh, two really good goals for, for him. So. This guy scores in spurts. Now that's three goals for him in the last two games. So. Yeah, it's three wins for the Zebrete. Good good for them. The little zebras. Yeah, they, they definitely outclassed the croutons here. Um, and, and so uh, a good win for them. How desperately do you think Falcinelli wants to get out of Crotone? He's a good player, man. They, he almost had a goal in this game. I, how many? It's how, probably as desperately as Chris wants to get in Crotone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? Just straight up trade you they, off your services. They've got they've got good players. They just don't finish. Uh, um, Paladino, who we've also talked about. Oh, he, he biffed he one. Biffed one so, so bad in this game. Um, and yeah. that if you're Crotone, you can't do that. That's what gets you in in the games. But like, if if we're doing a ratio to chances to score goals by chances created for you. 
compare, basically comparing between like, let's say like him and Drace Mertens or him and Iguain or him and Ed and Jacko. How many goals does that translate for Falcinelli? Does he have like 35 goals at yeah, half? Right. Yeah. Cause he's had like, like six opportunities and he's converted yeah. six. I, without a doubt, the crew, the Crotone players would be the capo cannonieri's if they finished all their chances. Hey guys, let's stay for the rest of the night and talk about Crotone. Yeah. Yeah, we'll move on. We got the pink shirts in Palermo. They actually won a game. Ooh, they won. They beat Genoa 4-3 to three in a wild game. Yeah, and, you know, Palermo, last minute. Here we go. They uh, got themselves out the bottom. And uh, two goals from Giovanni El Cholito Simeone uh, and an assist was not good enough uh, to get Genoa the win. They were up 3-1 with 25 minutes left. And then, you know, you got Palermo get two goals back. Perin's getting a little fired up. You can see it. He looks like a like a 12-year-old with a beard. And uh, <laughs> then tra- the, new- the newest name to say here on Curva America, Trajkowski. Tra- Trajkowski. <laughs> His first appearance of the season, he scores a last-minute goal for the win. Guys, Genoa coming off a... Hot one win, uh, one nothing win midweek against Fiorentina. They are just, they got to be so disappointed, so disappointed that Perin does some foolish stuff at the end of the game. Well, considering, um, yeah, Perin, who also makes the dumbest play by a goalkeeper, pushing another player to the ground with no one else around. Yeah. And the this, whistle blows right after. The guy is supposed to be the next Gigi Buffon. <laughs> um, you know, Genoa, of course, got to be super depressed. I mean, this is a Genoa team that's like finding ways to score goals now. After for the longest time, they couldn't, you know, get off the old goose egg. Um, and they have Simeone playing well. Riff Raff is balling so hard. You know, the Serie A might have to find him. Like, yeah. even Chelsea's talking about getting him, man. Yeah, that was big news. Uh, Laxalt, uh, Riff Raff going to potentially go to Chelsea. Uh, yeah. You never know. Yeah. But Palermo, what a way to, what a way, what a way to break a, a, a nine-game losing streak by a thrilling 4-3 to three win. How about Genoa beating Juventus at the top of the table and losing to Palermo yep. at the bottom of the table. It's like, yeah, if you were a Genoa uh, fan right now, what would you do? Just I, jump out the window? <laughs> it's, it's tough, man, but uh, they've also beat Milan, so they're, they're kind of giant killers. Absolutely, man. And it's just like, like I said, you know, if you're, if you're this fan, like you got to be pulling your hair out of your head because it's just so inconsistent it's not it's consistently inconsistent that's what it is that's well said some bright spots there Simeone did have two goals which you know good for him uh um on that but he had had the are you not entertained pose after he scored his second one yeah very nice yep so yeah a, a, a bright spot for Palermo a rare one uh but that's uh that's how we'll end week 17 with Palermo pulling off with a victory. With a big old thumbs up and a dismissive pat on the head yeah. to uh, Palermo for breaking their nine-game losing streak by beating Genoa 4-3. to three. Congrats. I'm telling you, that danger zone is looking dangerous. <laughs> All right, guys, let's wrap up week 17 with the awards. I'm going to start off first. Back in week 16, we had some predictions. First one we'll talk about is... Roma, we all got to take that one on the chin. We were hoping for La Magica to win that game, and we all picked them and You know, lost. I honestly thought that they were going to win that game, even though it was on the road to in, in Torino at Juventus, which now have won 25 games in a row. Streaks are meant to be broken, and I just thought that with the, the injury situation that Juventus is having, but 
you know what? I made up for it. Yep. Yeah, you did. Uh, you called Milan no and Atalanta. I called Atalanta as a draw. I think I said one-one though, yep. so I'm I'm half only half right. Right. That so the fog got me. I gave the, <laughs> yeah. the, the weather. The weather got the draw. The weather did you in? Yep. So credit to Tad for uh, I guess taking a point in the predictions. As for week 17 goals of the week, guys, what do you think? What what kind of impressed you for goals? It's got to be that Mertens chip, man. That chip, the fourth goal that he scored, he had. Uh, you know, he had Joe Hart wishing that he was, you know, going back to England because uh, that was an incredible chip. And that one, too, is his last goal on this amazing goal streak he has. So unless he uh, he either that's he's spent now yeah. or he, there's just better things to come. Seven games and seven goals in two games is very impressive. Uh, mine has got to be Iguain taking his team uh, to seven points above the entire table. Great goal, just touched the, the post and in, uh, beating Chesney with Roma. A great goal from Higuain this week. Mine is Mejorini taking on the whole back line uh, for Chievo. He just, just the doink, and then he all stumbles out with the ball still at his feet, and he's like, wait a minute. Right. Wide <laughs> just open taps that. it in, which Jekko yeah. 2015 probably would have missed that one. <laughs> yeah. How about the other end of the field, guys, with the goalkeepers? Saves of the week. What do you guys got? Pizzari's got to be mine. He had, Marco pointed out in the segment, they had several great goals. I think the one that he knocked several down. Several great saves. Sorry, several great saves. It's the end of the podcast. It's Monday night. That's right. Um, yeah, but the first one that he had against Messina um, was, a, was a great save. And the second one where he stops Cresci point blank. Guys, Cresci is nasty. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the yeah. league, and he is not one that misses at close range lightly. Bizzari, all 87 years of him and all, him proving to Buffon that you can play into your into your 80s. Yeah, right. um, yeah had a great stop. Mine is going to go down with Crouton Nation, with the Crotone, Cordaz. He denied HDCT. Um, I also got to throw in the extra one here of getting the red card for a save. It's, it has to be mentioned. That's mine for this week. Yeah, that was his best save, huh? Yeah. Chesney, big time uh, on Sturado at the end of the game when Roma was trying to score. Uh, Buffon had a really good save in that in that game, too, but Chesney took the cake. He uh, had a very good game for himself. All right. How about man of the week? Mertens. Has to be Mertens. Mertens. Four goals in, in one game. Three. Yeah, that's it. Got to throw an Iguain there too for reasons mentioned. Seven points for Iguain first for Juve. Well done. You know what you can do with that honorable mention on Iguain. I know, I know, <laughs> it hurts. All right, guys, how about team of the week? Who had a pretty exceptional week for week seventeen? Napoli. I mean, all the way. I I just it was a tough opponent, um, and they just did away with them. I think they're rolling right now. I guess I'm being the most subjective person here on the pod this week with Juventus uh, just taking the table. Buddying up with that guy that came to the Roma game in the Juve jersey. So. Yeah, you guys, that was me in you the Juve Yeah, you guys texting now? <laughs> yeah. For me, I got to go the other way. I got to go Palermo, uh, bottom of the table. Anytime that you can get that, uh, get that W after you've been stuck on that L for so long, first win after nine games, go right. Palermo. All right, that'll do it for week 17. And guys, the one thing that's nice about the end of week 17 is week 18 starts up right away. At the time of recording on Monday night, we got a game tomorrow, Atalanta and Empoli for the start of week 18. 
What are you guys looking forward to for uh, the best games for midweek games here? I can't wait to see what happens in this inter OTFR game. I mean, on Wednesday, it's it's going to be a battle, and the team who wins that game is is going to be feeling real good going into the uh, second half of the season. So, who's your prediction to win that game, Marco? I got Inter, uh, and I've got Candreva having a big game uh, against his old team. I'm going to take OTFR winning this. I think they are subtly good. Everyone kind of doesn't keep them, see them coming, and they win. And I still say Inter is the middle of the pack team. I'm going to go. This one's a total barn burner. I think the defenses are tired, and I think that the two biggest stars in this game um, that have been, or the two guys who have been performing the best for each team, that being Mauro Riccardi, uh, for Inter and Chiri Immobile for OTFR have both been quiet the past few weeks. I say they both net a brace. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say OTFR wins this game 3-2. All right. Another one we've talked about during the podcast was Fiorentina and Napoli. Fiorentina's got a lot riding on this one, and they could potentially be running into the buzzsaw that is Napoli. What do you guys got for this game? Napoli all the way. Because Fiorentina is inconsistent and Napoli's just on a tear right now. If Mertens shows up this game, Fiorentina and Susa, uh, they could be going into the, the, the midway part of the season just uh, completely down arrow. Yeah, I think Fiorentina's checked out. Um, they do have enough talent, I think, that they'll, they'll score a goal. Um, but Napoli has just been carving up the Serie A like crazy. I'm going to go ahead and say Kalinic scores a goal. Um, for Fiorentina, but um, we see a goal from Callejon, and we see a goal from Insigne, and I say that Napoli wins this game 2-1. I say Mertens, Napoli, it's a buzzsaw. Fiorentina doesn't stand a chance. So we're unanimous on that one. Last game we want to talk about is Genoa and Torino. What do you guys got for that one? I think that Torino... um, you know, really needs this game. And Genoa, who, you know, obviously we're just joking that they they lose to Palermo um, after, you know, beating Juventus. Um, I think that they really just go as Simeone goes, and the team is not good enough um, to have him score uh, consistently. I think Torino is going to be expecting a big game out of Belote. I think he uh, uh, matches Mario Riccardi for goals um, in this game, and he scores two. Um, and I think that Torino wins 2-0. I yeah I think that Torino right now needs a big result and so they're going to be pumped to you know jump back from that Napoli thrashing and they they really they're really a good team and they got really good players this season I think Belotti's going to put a couple in as well yeah I think you're right Torino's going to come back after getting beat up this weekend um, it, I think Genoa could make it interesting on this one uh, because they just lost to Palermo but I think Torino's got more quality they're going to win this one I'll say. So that does it, guys. We're looking forward to the Week 18 uh, games for midweek. We want to wish everybody out there a Merry Christmas. We won't be able to talk to you until after the Christmas break. Um, Enjoy Super Copa Italia. Enjoy Week 18. Please hit us up on social media. we got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Fabio at CurveAmerica.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. Until then, ragazzi, we say... Arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao.